Hello everyone, welcome to Radically Loved Radio. I wanted to create a place where people can go to to get inspired, get motivated, or find some clarity and get tools to create a radically loved life. I will do my best to provide information on a variety of subjects, including yoga, holistic health, life coaching, spirituality, meditation, and overall mindful living. Each episode will bring you some of the world's best spiritual leaders, entrepreneurs, yoga teachers, coaches, along with some of my closest friends, and we will talk about their life experiences and journeys to create something more out of their lives and how they continue to grow to make that happen. Hello, friends. Welcome to Radically Loved Radio, special episode 100. I cannot even believe I'm saying that. I wanted to just take a moment to talk to you guys about what's been going on and what's in store for today's episode. So I can't even believe we're at 100. When we started this last year, I had no intentions of it moving past like the five episodes that I did initially. I started this project just as a means for me to get this information out there to talk about yoga and meditation and really people that inspire me or things that have propelled us to move forward and that have created that curiosity in our lives and that have allowed us to create the life that we want and selfishly i wanted to use this platform to talk to the people in my life that i really love and care about and am inspired by and also people that i don't know and I am just blown away by the amount of growth that this podcast has had and this community and to all of you listeners, thank you so much for being a part of us. This is incredible. I'm so grateful and I'm most grateful for all the people that have come together to create this wonderful platform for us. It's not just me. It's my producer, Tori, and my show notes girl, Rachel, and Corey, who does our graphics, and Reggie, my little sister, who helps do a lot of the research for the incredible authors that we have on this show. So I wanna say thank you to them. And of course, last but not least, you, the listener. Thank you all so much for your support. You know, when I started my whole journey it i had no idea i would end up here in this place i had no idea i'd become a yoga teacher i had no idea i'd become a health coach a life coach i had no idea that i was going to do any of these things and i am just so grateful that i have this opportunity to talk to you and to just be here and to have had this journey and to have gone through this path uh, and I'm so grateful for everything. Uh, Today's episode is extra special because I got to talk to one of my uh, most favorite people and not only is he the host of one of my favorite podcasts but he is also an incredible entrepreneur and is incredibly insightful in the world of health and i believe he's pioneering a lot of different ways for us to look at health brain health our physical health emotional health and and i'm just i'm so grateful that he is uh as as big of an influencer as as he is so today we have dave asprey and i got to talk to him a lot about a lot of different things and the most important thing i wanted to talk to him about was 
uh, not only his new book Headstrong, which is amazing, and if you click on the show notes, you'll have access to all of the things we talked about. And um, if you haven't subscribed to the Bulletproof podcast, you absolutely should. But I was so excited to talk to Dave about what he thought about how to make organic food accessible to underprivileged people, right? And I, I asked him the question in particular to teens. And I ask it because this was something that I struggled with when I was a teenager. You know, we didn't grow up with much and my family wasn't really concerned with eating healthy. It was really, we ate what we could because that's really all we had. And so there was no uh, education around uh, changing our diet or eating specific types of foods, especially when I was diagnosed with celiacs when I was a teenager. It was really challenging for us to get healthy food. It, it, our, our food really consisted of a lot of carbohydrates and a lot of uh, fat-laden food uh, and also a lot of fast food, but I was a teenager, so you know what do you expect? It was something that was extremely challenging for me at the time was to really just wrap my mind around how food was going to allow me to heal and how the things that I was putting into my body was affecting my overall well-being and my mental health and and the way that I was behaving in the world. I was so sick and I was having anxiety attacks and I was completely depressed and I was on medication which was also affecting the way that I was reacting to certain foods and it was really challenging and at the time there weren't that many options for a young teenager especially when I wasn't the one buying the groceries in my household but I was able to make better decisions nonetheless. Uh, I'm so grateful that there's so much more access to healthier foods now and that we actually have the ability to seek different types of foods out. So I remember the first time that I went into the natural food market. Uh, we were in Hollywood and it was a little store called Air One and I went there with my grandmother and we were just kind of looking around and we were just in awe by how beautiful everything looked and how fresh everything smelled and it was just, it was beautiful. I also remember us not being able to purchase a lot of different items, which I remember feeling really bad about. And again, it was one of those things that we ended up doing because we were in the area and we just happened to go in there. I think my grandmother was just finding, trying to find something to drink and uh, we went in there, you know, looking for a bottle of water and, you know, just kind of got dumbstruck by all of this incredible food and the beautiful colors and you know we just walked around for what seemed like hours just looking at the different things and I just remember sort of visualizing and dreaming of the day where I was able to buy these foods and provide them for my family. I mean that was always something really big for me and so as I got older and I pursued my health journey which was, uh, you know, a, a, a long, a long road ahead. 
I was able to get to a place where I started to educate my family and when I decided to get into nutrition and, and learn about holistic health, I would share it with all my loved ones and I would tell them about how it, it didn't have to be expensive for us to have access to clean foods and to organic foods and the benefits that came with that and how good it felt to eat food that was not processed and, and how it just it would change the dynamic with each other and, and the dynamic we had within ourselves. And fortunately now, I'm in a different place. And fortunately now, we have access to so many different types of foods. And I say that because there are so many incredible companies out there making organic produce and are making gluten-free products and are making vegan products because we're trying to be um, eco-conscious and I'm so grateful for that. I'm grateful that I'm in a field where that's part of my life. Unfortunately, it's not part of everyone's life and part of my goal is to be able to still get that education out there and to still show people that there are different ways of getting organic and healthy and sustainable foods to everyone. So by saying that, it is my honor and privilege to announce my partnership with thrivemarket.com. Thrive Market is my new favorite online store. They sell all the top organic and healthy products at 25 to 50% off and they're shipped straight to your door. So you don't even have to go anywhere. Do a few price comparisons and you'll find that you are saving a massive amount of money. When I had Reggie look into this company, she was just blown away. And we're talking about a 19 year old. We're talking about a 19 year old who said she will never shop at any big food seller ever again. They have the best quality of products. They have all top premium, healthy, organic, and uh, non-GMO. They have all kinds of different products to cater to all different types of dietary needs. They're huge on non-toxic, BPA-free, non-GMO, no artificial ingredients, and everything that's safer for kids. So you can easily find these values uh, on their website for each product. And what's really interesting to me is when I was doing research on them, again, because of my background, I was very curious and a little bit apprehensive as to how they were doing this. And I found out that the reason why they're able to sell all of these incredible brands for as, as low as they can is because they totally cut out the middleman they work directly with the brands and they pass all the savings onto all of their members. And what's even better is that for every person who signs up, Thrive Market donates a membership to a low-income family, a teacher, or a veteran. So together, we're all making healthy living affordable for everyone. So knowing that, I am so thrilled to be working with a company that I fully support and I'm 100% on board with them and what their mission is. And I'm so excited to continue to create with them. To get 25% off your first purchase, plus free shipping, plus a free 30-day trial, go to www.thrivemarket.com forward slash loved. Keep in mind that Thrive Market's prices are already 25 to 50% off below retail because they cut out the middleman. So they're offering an extra 25% off their first purchase. So 
go to www.thrivemarket.com forward slash loved. I'm so excited to introduce one of my most revered podcasters, Dave Asprey. I am so excited to have you on because I feel like the people that listen to this podcast are really interested in health and wellness, and I feel that they're really going to resonate with with you and everything that you've studied and everything that you've brought to the forum of health and wellness. So for the people that are listening right now, I um, I really want to talk about your latest book, Headstrong. And so if you could just give us a little bit of the audience, a little bit of background on the book, what it's about, and what was the most exciting thing about writing it? Uh, sure. Over the last 20 years, I've spent at this point a million dollars and a whole lot of effort uh, hacking my own biology. I've lost 100 pounds. I've reversed a lot of autoimmune conditions I had. I had arthritis in my knees when I was 14, Hashimoto's, thyroiditis, chronic fatigue syndrome, fibromyalgia. And I've been a very successful entrepreneur the whole time. But it was an incredible struggle. And there were times where I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to make it through the day. I've got the accelerator pressed all the way to the floor and I'm slowing down and I don't know what else to do. Uh, and I said, well, I'm going to do whatever works. <laughs> and <laughs> sometimes it's yoga and meditation and uh, things that, that maybe they don't teach you are going to work in business school, but they do work. And, and I've come to the conclusion that it's all about the energy you have. Mm-hmm. So I dug in on the research and said, where does energy come from? And it turns out uh, Headstrong is all about the system in the body that makes energy since your brain uses the most energy in the body, whether you're using it to think or to meditate or to love or any of the other things that you're capable of, if you're having an energy brownout because your body isn't turning food and air into electrons to power you, maybe you could fix that and everything in your life gets better all at once. Headstrong is literally the guide on how to do it. And so it, it hit the New York Times bestseller list for advice books, which is where most health books go. And I was... I, I, I mean, literally, I had to sit down when I got an email a month after it came out from my editor, and it said, uh, Dave, Headstrong just hit the New York Times monthly science book bestseller <laughs> list with books like The Undoing Project and, uh, <laughs> and uh, Homo Deus or, uh, and Sapiens and, and all these books. And, and my wife, Lana, she's like, Dave, your book is on the list with six of my favorite books from the whole year. But, like, And I, I was just... I couldn't believe it because it wasn't – there is that much science in there, but I, I took as much science out as I could to make it accessible, but also so people would understand, no, this isn't like woo-woo stuff. This is ancient bacteria that power your body. They need things. Mm-hmm. It's like you feed your gut bacteria now, but maybe you should feed the bacteria that run your body a little bit too. And it's changed my life radically and it just made me a better person and a better dad and a better entrepreneur and it's just made my life happier. Uh, and and that's uh, that's – why I wrote the book and that's what it's all about and there's a, a two-week guide on what you can do mm-hmm. without having to know the science and there's enough science in there uh, that you can have confidence that the ideas didn't come from nowhere yeah I really and I loved it so much and I still actually carry it with me just to reference to it because I do feel that the the research is just is so astounding to me I, I never knew I mean I learned so much about how our environment affects our mitochondria that's that really just blew my mind i mean we so many people are living in their homes 
that have no idea that the all the the toxic chemicals in the air or the, the mold in their house how everything just affects you on a on a massive scale or on a cellular level right so you talk about how environment affects our mitochondria and I, I've read about this in in uh, in your books extensively I, I feel like in the bulletproof diet you you address this I'm curious as to what your thoughts are on just after hearing a, a bit about my background how how this the teenage population or the the kids at risk uh, I, I've worked with a lot of kids that you know are underprivileged or that are in you know, that demographic that are, uh, you know, not, they're looked upon as being at risk, right? So it frustrates me to see how they eat, right? So many of them don't have access to clean food or have the education to make the best choices. So in your opinion, how can we help this demographic or like these kids? It it kind of breaks my heart. I I saw a documentary a while back and there were some underprivileged kids and they were leaving the door to go to school and each of them got uh, like a single serving bag of uh, like uh, Fritos or Doritos or whatever mm-hmm. those puff Cheetos. Yeah. Uh, and literally that was their, their breakfast and you're getting almost no energy. There's not that many calories in there and it's full of MSG, which causes you to become overactive and then causes a blood sugar crash, which tells your brain that there's a survival level emergency that makes it so you're unable to focus and it means you're going to do anything you have to in order to get a sugar fix and it's mm-hmm. i mean it it's not okay especially for kids to do that at the same time i'm sure that the cost of that breakfast was 50 cents yeah so, so you're like okay um uh, if you only have 50 cents how do you deploy 50 cents most effectively and you do it the way another very poor population does and these are tibetan nomads and I learned about bulletproof <laughs> coffee, which I'm most famous for. Yes. Uh, in Tibet, uh, near the, let's say, in the circuit, you walk around Mount Kailash, mm-hmm. which is the headwaters for the Hindus and Ganges. That's where in Buddhism and Hinduism is kind of where the gods lives. Middle of nowhere. And there's these little Tibetan people who subsist usually on the output of a yak. And for breakfast, they take a teaspoon or two of yak butter and they blend it with tea. And since most of them don't have blenders, they manually blend it in a butter churn. And the ones who are wealthy enough to have two yaks do have a little blender. And they, they blend it with their tea. And then they drink it and they eat a little bit of barley flour. It's called sampa. And you'd think that that's crazy, but I felt shockingly amazing when I had yak butter tea, even at high altitude, like 18,000 feet where you should feel bad. I will tell you, if you buy a stick of grass-fed butter for three bucks at the store, and you eat a <laughs> tablespoon of that blended in water, just hot water, nothing else, and maybe you wanted to use, even if it's not the, the high-quality lab-tested coffee I have, uh, even if it's you know, a little tea, or maybe it's just, just water, a little tiny pinch of salt. If you drink that, you will not be hungry. You'll spend less money than the Cheetos, and you will actually feel good. And underprivileged people everywhere are just, dying for proper fat and here's the thing about fat your cells are made out of fat the the lining of your mitochondria the power plants in your body they will build themselves out of whatever fat you give them and if you give them junk fat like the fried stuff that's in commercial chips Mm -hmm. they can't even tell you what kind of fats in there they just buy whatever's cheap it's canola and or sunflower and or cottonseed and or soy whatever was cheapest at the time we don't care is essentially what the label means 
And all of those create in inflammation. They break the energy production part of your body. So now here you are, you're going to school and your batteries are broken and then you eat a food that causes a crash in energy. So you have broken batteries and not enough energy. And then you sit in class and then you act out. And then you get sent to the principal's office or the way that it's running in some of these cities, they send you to jail when you're six mm -hmm. years old because oh. how can you how can you expect a six-year-old to sit still and pay attention and to not not be reactive when his his or her brain isn't even done? Like, like the, the circuits that are supposed to be growing that inhibit bad behavior, they aren't grown yet and they don't have enough energy and they don't have the raw materials to build themselves. Like it, It's cruel and unusual. And the right answer there is, let's buy them breakfast. Like that is the simple thing to do. There is no excuse for any school in the country with underprivileged kids when we're not giving them breakfast. And it doesn't have to be an expensive breakfast, but it shouldn't be the crap they're feeding them, which is mostly sugar. Because if you eat sugar for breakfast at 10 o'clock, you'll be unable to focus. You'll move. You'll screw around. And my kids are the same way. They're eight and 10. If I give them <laughs> sugar for breakfast, you know, it's a lot harder to manage them. But if they have they're normal eggs. By the way, eggs are also cheaper than Cheetos. It's best if they're organic, but if you know, if all you can afford is one soft boiled egg in the morning, mm -hmm. that is a profoundly good breakfast for a child who's otherwise not going to get a breakfast. So so it doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't have to be expensive. And if if you hear from parents sometimes, well, I can't get my kids to eat that. There's a really simple thing, and I've got to offer this for all of the parents listening. When a child says, I'm not going to eat this, you look at the child and say, I'm so pleased with you. What a great decision you've made. You've probably seen me try intermittent fasting, which is one of the ways we can teach our bodies to be stronger. And with intermittent fasting, it means we don't eat, eat anything for 18 hours in the day. So since you're not going to eat this meal, we'll just put it away. It's okay. And you can try again tomorrow morning, and then you'll have, you'll have completed an intermittent fast, and you'll get stronger. And I'm so pleased with you. And they'll and they'll just look at you with this look of horror, and they're like, "I guess I'll eat it, right?" Instead, of, you have to eat it. And like, getting into a fight, yeah. it's like, no, you thank them for their behavior. There is no. Uh, this is something that uh, my wife, Dr. Lana's grandfather, said, and it's if if it let's see if it if it gets hungry, it will eat. <laughs> So I have used that line on my own kids exactly once on each one of them. Wow. And, and you know, one of these days I'm actually going to get them to do an intermittent fast with me. They've both told me they want to try it. And intermittent fast, if you haven't heard of it, it's in Headstrong. But the idea is you don't cut your calories in a day. You just skip breakfast and have a late lunch. So you're like, well, I slept eight hours and then I didn't eat for another eight hours. What do you know? I just went 16 hours without eating. And that allows your body to reset a few things. Uh, so... There's an argument for that, and and if you if you just understand that you know kids will eat what you teach them to eat, and if you can afford some vegetables, even if they're not organic, organic's better. Mm -hmm. But you can buy a big bag of frozen stuff at, at Costco, yeah, and you're actually approaching the cost, or at Walmart, uh, same thing. You know, you're approaching the cost of. Uh, of the junk food, you know, McNuggets breakfast, but it's a yeah. whole different life you're giving a child. Yeah, and I think that that's also speaks to the ability of the parent to make those decisions. It's like a lot of the times I feel like I hear from parents that the the child is ruling their refrigerator or ruling their house. It's like, well, they won't eat if I 
buy the healthy stuff or, you know, I have to do it or they're going to, and I'm like, well, this is a great solution to that, to try intermittent. I don't know. Like what happened with the power struggle? Like why, why are kids ruling households now? I know this is like a different topic, but I think it's really interesting. Well, there's the reason. Uh, the reason is that we have a deep wired in fear of starving to death. And it's because our mitochondria are bacteria, and they are making the rules there. If a bacteria is going to live, then it's going to eat every fuel source it can get. And it's also going to reproduce. And we end up doing this ourselves. So we we don't cognitively, rationally believe that if we skip a meal, we're going to die. But our mitochondria and our body and our nervous system is pretty darn sure that's the case. So... Uh, it, we're just wired to unconsciously make sure that we eat, even if we don't need to. And I told my kids, you know, kids, you can go about three minutes if you're trained without air and then you die. And you can go probably realistically four days without water. Uh, some people would say three days before you die. But you can go at least a month without food and you won't even die. So like intermittent fasting, that's nothing. And yeah. if that's part of part of your conversation – Kids believe what you tell them, especially when they're very young. And to take away the fear of starvation and just – and we don't say in our house, I'm starving. It's not true. We say, I'm hungry. Right? And it's like, all right, maybe I'll be hungry for a while longer. Maybe I won't. And yes, my kids get real cranky and you know poke at each other and all the stuff kids do when they get hungry. Uh, and I don't think you should have hungry kids a lot. But occasionally experiencing <laughs> hunger, it's just like occasionally you should run a little further than you want to run. It makes you <laughs> Right, exactly. I want to ask you a question about biohacking just on, on this topic. So breathing is such a key element to this. And, and I know you've talked about this extensively. What do you think the main reason is why we are not breathing like we should? Well, no one teaches us to breathe. And when we naturally go into a fight or flight state, it's not necessary to take deep breaths. In fact, you want to breathe kind of fast and shallowly. So if your nervous system is always a little bit tweaked, well, you're going to breathe that way. And since we live in a world where our nervous systems are usually tweaked a little bit towards fight or flight, uh, without our knowledge or awareness or permission, of course we're going to breathe that way. The funny thing is, when you change your breathing, it changes the way your heart beats. And when your heartbeat changes, all these mitochondria in your body, they, they listen to your heart, but they don't listen to you. And that's why if you sit in a yoga class and you take your deep breaths in this nostril, mm -hmm. out the other nostril, uh, or you do any of the breathing exercises in Headstrong, what's going on there is changes in oxygen and all that. But the most important thing is the magnetic field from your heart shifts. And your mitochondria that listen to the magnetic field in your heart, they also shift relatively quickly. And they shift out of get ready to run away from a tiger and make energy into a mode where they're going to make energy that they can use for protein synthesis or for cleaning out dysfunctional cells. And it's that important. So your stress level controls your breathing, but your breathing controls your stress level. We breathe shallowly because our stress is high and we don't know it. Mm, so as far as where we are right now, just as far as our attention span is, do you think that that has to do with just the amount of information overload we have? Or is it just the current state of the world? It's a contribution from both of those. Mm -hmm. But the reason that we're in that mode is because our systems, our bodies are pattern matching machines. And we're taught from the moment we come into the world to look for patterns that might be a threat. Unfortunately, we suck at matching patterns. <laughs> so when you're 18 
18 months old and your mom almost drops you, there's a pattern. <laughs> if you feel like you're falling, you might die. And from then on out, that same pattern's there. And anytime, like, that kind of stuff happens. Like, you know, the other thing, at some point, every baby who's ever breastfed gets really pissed off that they didn't get breast when they wanted it, especially when they're getting weaned. Right. And they mm-hmm. get a pattern. I might starve if I don't get the breast. And right. these patterns stick with us until we become aware of them through meditation, through forgiveness, uh, through the various personal development techniques. So we're all, all walking around with all these patterns that are triggering us that, that don't do anything. And one pattern is any new piece of information might be bad information. Therefore, you should always be ready. And when you get an alert on your phone every 10 seconds, that's not going to be helpful. And if you watch the news, which I recommend you stop doing right away. <laughs> Uh, then you're also going to think the world's a crappy place and you should be ready to you know, run or kill. And bottom line is the world's an amazing place and we've never had more opportunities. It's never been easier than it is right now in all of human history. And the poorest person in the U.S. lives better than a king from 1,500 years ago. Wow. Uh, I want to be respectful of your time. And I, I really wanted to touch on the the subject matter of how our environment affects us, especially in regard to teenagers and kids. I just, I know you're a dad and I know this is something really important to you. And I know I I heard an interview once where you talked about how your daughter asked for a a stick of butter, I think for, I don't remember if that was, um, uh, yeah, for Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. So what he said, what he said, what do you want little girl uh, for Christmas? And she said, I want my own stick of butter. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. So, what has been the biggest lesson that your kids have taught you? Uh, one is just to, to think really big. Uh, the first time my son, when he was about five, tried a, a float tank, one of these sensory deprivation tanks. Yes. He he came out and I said, he was a little afraid. And, and I said, good job, Alan. That's your first time floating. And he said, no, it's not. And I said, what do you mean? And he said, I was floating inside mommy's tummy. And he was absolutely. <sighs> Absolute certainty, completely innocent, and, and a float tank is is a replicate. It's a replica of the womb. They're designed that way. And he picked up right on that, and he was just in touch with that. And like, wow, that was pretty profound for a five-year-old. So always think big. Wow. Dave, you are one of my heroes, and, and I pray that this isn't the only conversation we're able to have. I travel everywhere with my brain octane, so I think about you all the time, and I'm so grateful for all the work that you've done to teach us about all of the things that you've invested in yourself to learn. So thank you so much for sharing your insight with me and with my audience and for all the work that you're doing out there. Uh, thank you, Rosie, also for the work you're doing. And the, the stuff you mentioned, uh, Brain Octane, I, I would just suggest people that it, even if you don't do the full bulletproof coffee, that, that's a part of it. If you just sprinkle a little bit of that on your kids' food, on your own food, it gives you a new kind of energy. And it, it really does make it easier to meditate. We've measured the re- results with neurofeedback equipment. And it just makes it easier to do everything else. So getting more energy into that precious brain and that precious heart so you can do something good, it matters. And you're obviously doing something good. So thanks, Rosie. Thanks, Dave. Where can people go to get all of your information? Where, where would you send them? The, the most concise information I've written is in my new book, Headstrong. And you can get that anywhere books are sold. You can also... Uh, pick up the Bulletproof Diet, or you can just go to Bulletproof.com and check out all the good stuff. Great. And everyone can follow you on social media. You're on everything, right? Twitter, Instagram. Yep. I post a lot to Instagram and Facebook. 
Okay, great. And all of those will be linked to this show. So the people listening, just go ahead and click on that and you'll be able to connect and buy the book and it'll change your life. Thank you so much. Thanks, Dave. Hey everyone, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I am so excited to continue to do this. Please share this with your friends. Email us, message us on Instagram at Rosie Acosta or on Twitter at Rosie Acosta. Subscribe on iTunes, write a review. We love doing this, so please help us continue to keep this podcast going. Thanks for listening.